Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge time. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Our education systems from preschool through the graduate level are in a constant process of evolution and in many ways improvement as pedagogy becomes more sophisticated and curricula become more specialized in response to an ever more complex world. And yet in some ways we're not at all keeping up and our schools and universities are falling short of how they need to be preparing students to succeed in the 21st century. But those gaps can also create opportunities for entrepreneurs and others who are stepping in and helping address unmet needs. With me today to discuss this is Joshua Anderson, founder of Accelerant Education, a Baton Rouge-based company that develops software specifically designed to help high school students learn computer science and computer programming. Joshua started Accelerant in 2021 when he realized that only about half the high schools in the U.S. have computer science programs. Joshua understands the value of a computer science education. He is a self-taught software engineer and a graduate of LSU's MBA program. He also directs Startup Grind Baton Rouge, a community of entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs and he's going to tell us what an intrapreneur is in a minute. Joshua, thanks so much thanks for, for being on, here Stephanie. today on Out to Lunch. Really appreciate it. At the table with me and Josh is Marina Biragova, Executive Director of the Technology and Entrepreneurship Clinic at Southern University Law Center here in Baton Rouge, which assists underrepresented entrepreneurs across the state with their business formation and structuring, intellectual property needs, and compliance issues. Marina is a law professor at Southern as well, an attorney, and a small business advocate with a specialty in technology, intellectual property, and business law. She is a graduate of Piatigorsk Institute of Economics and Governance School of Law, which is in southwest Russia, as well as a graduate of the LSU Law Center. And Marina, thank you so much for being here today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. And it's great that y'all are both so focused on entrepreneurship and and helping people get started. But Joshua, tell me how you came up with this idea to create Accelerant Education. I think most people would be really surprised to know that only half the schools actually teach computer science, yeah, despite what well. you hear about <laughs> STEM, 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 STEM for the past decade, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so a lot of the credit for this goes to the wonderful people over at Nexus LA. Mm -hmm. So they have a great program called Ignition. And I went through Ignition, I think sometime in early or mid 2021. And my original idea was to create a coding boot camp for adults. 
Uh, and that's still something that I think is super important. Uh, but while going through that program, I realized that there's an even deeper problem uh, in the high school system and all the way down mm -hmm. where we're not learning critical skills. Uh, so really just talking to people, going out into the world and realizing there's a problem I wasn't aware of. That was where the idea came from. And so, like, people need to know how to use computers, obviously, and be conversant, you know, with the tools and the technology. Mm -hmm. Why do people need to know how to actually program? Good question. So I think it's more about knowing the tools and the methods of creation. Uh, what that will be will change throughout the years. So I don't know if people will still be coding in 20 years. We might be doing something completely different in order to create. However, having access to the tools of creation gives you the tools to adapt as you go along. Very good. Well, Marina, tell us how you got started at Southern and, and how did you come to, to create the entrepreneurship clinic or did they bring you in just to help run it? Yeah, they actually did uh, bring me on board, uh, but I was one of the uh, first people to really join the clinic and structure it the way you uh, see it today. But all the credit goes to our phenomenal chancellor, uh, Chancellor John Pierre. I do not know if you had the pleasure of ever meeting him, but he's a fantastic leader and uh, he is the innovator, the brains behind those really innovative and one-of-a-kind initiatives. So all credit goes to uh, Chancellor Pierre uh, for having this vision. Uh, we are the only law center in Louisiana. We have four law schools, but uh, we are the only law school that has a, an IP clinic, uh, which is very much needed in our community. So um, again, all credit goes to Chancellor mm. Pierre for having the vision to incorporate something like this into our official curriculum. And what kind of things do you all do for clients at the clinic? They're, they're mostly small businesses that are just trying to launch? Uh, often we are being referred to as startup attorneys, but I rarely use that term because uh, it's shocking how many businesses, established businesses uh, that have been in business for years do not have a formal structure in place. And that's what we also do. So we help establish businesses to get their things together and formally incorporate or organize. And we also help startup companies uh, to start from, uh, I guess, in the, in the right way, in a legally sustainable way. Uh, so two things that we do. And anything that you can imagine a general consult would do for a corporation, that's the type of service we provide to entrepreneurs for free. So that would be business formation and structuring, intellectual property, compliance, uh, contract review and assistance. So it's a really very broad uh, scope of services. Interesting. And are most of the businesses from Baton Rouge, per se, or are they coming from all over Louisiana, given that you're the only... All over Louisiana, because we are the only free legal service provider in the state of Louisiana, and we want to make sure that we reach out to some of the remote areas where entrepreneurs also suffer from the lack of resources, uh, and, and we provide e equivalent help to, the, to those communities. 
Uh, I think it's quite well known that all uh, most business resources are actually centered in Baton Rouge and New Orleans area, and so we have the remaining state that uh, right. that doesn't necessarily have the access uh, to some of the resources that we have, and so we have the. Uh, the burden of really reaching out to those parts and making sure that they are aware that we have this this program and they can take advantage of this unique resource. Fantastic. Well, Joshua, let's bring you back into the conversation. I want to ask both of you kind of like your backstory a little bit. Um, Self-taught computer engineer, how does one do that? So self-taught is always a tiny bit of a misnomer, even oh. though I say it, it. That misnomer on my part. Uh, <laughs> because no one's ever really completely self-taught. Right. So the way that you teach yourself is through accessing the abundance of great free or cheap resources out there and through finding other people that are going through uh, the same process of learning. So getting into a community and then finding some people that are a bit farther along that can help you and advise you. So that's what I did. I had a bunch of other people help lift me up that were working on learning how to program at the same time. And, and like what was your specialty area or, or what part of computer you so know, programming did you gravitate to? Yeah, front end development, like designing uh -huh. websites, building them, uh, and then kind of working more and more towards uh, like deeply understanding that area. Because computer science, of course, is a very big area. Yes. But that's what I have the most expertise with. Okay, very good. And and so then when you came out of business school, um, is that when you decided to start your own company or did you work for another company for a while? Uh, I think I might have actually been running it towards the tail end of business school at okay. that point. So no, I didn't. Uh, during So I spent a, a while in art grad school and I was working for a software development company during that time. And then after a while, I transitioned towards my own company. I think that was during business school. So this is now full-time gig, Accelerant full Education. Gig. That is correct. And and who are you selling the technology, the, the, the curricula to? So our target customer is nonprofits, uh, school districts, and schools. So mm -hmm. either a principal or a superintendent. Uh, we've also worked in the past with East Baton Rouge's uh, I, the name slips me, the Career and Technical Education Center. And uh, the Big Buddy program has been great for us in the past as well. So those have been an example of some of the types of organizations we've worked with. Excellent. Marina, tell us a little bit about where you came from. You're a native of Russia? Uh, yes, I, I actually am. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting story, but uh, <laughs> yes, I'm actually a licensed attorney in Russia as well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I had to go to law school twice and go through the whole experience twice as if one law school was not <laughs> <laughs> difficult enough. But um, I, I think that given me a really great perspective. I have two different legal systems in mind, and that gives me, again, uh, a slightly different outlook on, on many things, and um, I, I think that, that that's what made my uh, approach to different things so unique. I would think it would be very different, yes. Uh, the legal system is definitely very different. Uh, so I learned how to appreciate certain things that we have in place here in the U.S., in Louisiana specifically. And I learned how to, uh, how to bring some of the benefits of a more traditional civil law uh, system uh, back into and introduce it into what we uh, do here. So it's, a, it's an interesting uh, combination to have uh, in your mind at I all bet. times. 
<laughs> was are there similarities between our civil code in Louisiana, which is different than the common law around there, and and the law system that you learned in a you know, yeah, my my LSU law professors will not approve of this, <laughs> but I I am. I am one of those who believe that Louisiana is more so um, a hybrid legal system versus a civil law. Again, coming from a pure civil law jurisdiction, uh, there are major differences where you absolutely cannot use any cases, any case law whatsoever. And in Louisiana, you heavily rely on case law as well. You do have like codified uh, codified uh, subjects, but uh, you also rely on case law quite a bit. But you do, we do have a code system, so I will, I will give Louisiana credit for that. So we do have a code system, uh, but it's more of a hybrid uh, jurisdiction compared to something like Russia. I think that's so fascinating. We could talk about that all day, but let's bring back, what brought you to Louisiana? Uh, law school, actually. I uh, obtained my legal education here in Louisiana. I received, I was a, a fortunate receiver of a full ride scholarship from LSU. And I'm really grateful for the type of uh, support I've received. Uh, so that was my really, the, the deciding uh, force behind my decision to come here. From Russia? Correct. Okay, so you were looking to get out, though. I... Le Russian legal system, and uh, it's probably has very little to do with the clinic, but um, Russian legal system is very different, and it has uh, one of the biggest downsides is that perhaps it's not the most transparent one, where there are certain flaws in terms of corruption and what's not. So the legal system, in its uh, in its very core, is so uh, uh, it's. It's so corrupted that if you want to be, if you want to become, uh, if you want to become a lawyer and make an actual uh, impact, I think you will have very limited space to do it in Russia. Uh, where here, uh, I think that's the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. If you want to enter the profession, you have to have that uh, uh, ethical background. You have to. Uh, uh, you have to have some type of an ability, I guess, like in uh, in you in order to join the profession to begin with. So I uh, I, I think that has provided me with uh, a stronger a stronger uh, support to become the type of lawyer I actually want to be. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Marina Viragova of the Southern University Law Center's Technology and Entrepreneurship Clinic and Joshua Anderson of Accelerant Education. Joshua, tell us about what Accelerant Education actually does. I mean, about the curricula, what, how does it teach kids? And is it a program that they watch or do you have... Great question. Yeah. So as a startup, one of the big things that we do is uh, it's almost like the scientific method. We're testing different hypotheses and we're seeing what, what works and what doesn't. So it's kind of that journey. So some of the things that we've done in the past have included uh, teaching Python. Uh, mm -hmm. And for that, we used the Carnegie Mellon's curriculum, which was amazing. They were a great partner. Uh, we've also taught CompTIA stuff before. Um, Currently, we're working on building our own curriculum uh, okay. that we're looking to beta test pretty soon. And who is we? Do you have these partners? Oh, yeah. So I, I have a great team. Okay. Uh, so right now it's me, a technical guy named Robert who's brilliant, uh, and another brilliant guy who's our creative uh, name is Benjamin. 
and yeah, that's that's our core team. And yeah, definitely those guys have been amazing. So y'all are a company of three at this point. Yes, that's okay. correct. And and you're working, you said, with the Business and Technology Center or Nexus. Uh, so Nexus is where we're headquartered out of. Yes, right. Nexus LA. The it, business incubator there. Yes, that is correct. Excellent, and they do a lot of good stuff for startups. Yeah, definitely. Help. I think. It, that any person who's considering starting a business mm -hmm. should check those guys out because they have a lot of great resources. So you're a startup in an incubator, and y'all at the Law Center at Southern Marina focus on helping startups. I guess a lot of people as startups would probably think that they would go to a business school for help or an incubator. They probably don't think about the legal aspects. Is that <laughs> is that were y'all talking think, about that before yeah, I got here? Right. That is that is true, uh, and I think especially as an entrepreneur. I think there's a tendency to view uh, the legal profession as just slowing things down, um, <laughs> and I think that's that's the that's the view. Uh, but it's good to have entrepreneurially minded lawyers who can help clear roadblocks for you. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it, do y'all slow things down, lawyers? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> uh, and sometimes we have a good reason to do so. Yeah. Uh, I again, being on the receiving side of uh, uh, on, on the receiving end, I do see two things. I see entrepreneurs who get into business without any legal support, mm -hmm. and uh, they end up losing their houses, their uh, their assets. They end up into in legal problems that they cannot resolve. They end up uh, getting into obligations they cannot fulfill and, and things like that and, uh, and so on. Uh, so we are here to, re yes, it will slow down the process, but we are really here to make sure that you grow in a sustainable way. So yes, without our uh, our advice, you will mm -hmm. probably move much faster, but um, uh, perhaps that rapid growth is not always uh, the most uh, sustainable one. What do y'all see as the biggest challenges that that startups face? I'm going to defer on this one. Wow. <laughs> or, in, legally or in general? Both. Uh, okay. Both. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, we, we see quite a few. I think there is a uh, there is a access to capital that is quite limited. Uh, so that's where lawyers also come in. We may, we make sure that whenever you sign any or look for any potential investment deals, or if you even get into um, uh, obtain a loan or anything of that nature, we want to make sure it's something that works for your business. So you still need a lawyer to do that. Uh, I think access to certain services, or should I say prioritizing uh, getting those service providers is something that I see is a huge problem. Founders uh, really uh, uh, see themselves through the, their company so much that their mm -hmm. company becomes that person. And that it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes you need to uh, allocate some capital and hire certain professionals to do certain work. And that's what I see ha happens quite, quite a lot. Our entrepreneurs like to wear so many hats. They save money on accountants. They save money on lawyers, on marketing experts. And what do you get is... Um, uh, they finally reach that point where they have to hire a lawyer or an accountant, and then we have to do lots of damage control. And uh, so that's going to be a much more involved process compared to if you were if you were to start from uh, from that point with some some professional help. Interesting. And, uh, and what have you found, yeah, Joshua? From a startup perspective, I would say the biggest obstacle uh, is finding customers. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So really understanding your market mm-hmm. uh, and then being willing. I think this is where a lot of people get hung up, uh, and I've gotten hung up here before as well, is not marrying your idea, being willing to change and pivot in response to your market in yeah. a way that you would not have anticipated. That's a really good point. Have you experienced that yourself? Oh, yeah, lived? absolutely. So I'll, I'll tell you very, very recently. Uh, so we pivoted, uh, and this was a smaller pivot than we made before, but we pivoted from more of uh, making more of a traditional curriculum to recently we've been exploring a game-based direction, uh, so that uh, which we didn't anticipate becoming a game-based education studio, mm-hmm. uh, but that seems to be the direction that we're headed in based on listening to customer feedback as closely as we can. Interesting, because because there's just demand for that, or, I mean, that's the way people like to, that's what people want to A bit do. of both. Yeah, yeah, so some of it's finding what people are asking for, and then there's, there's almost a mystical element of finding what people need in fills their need, but they don't know to ask for yet. Uh, so it's a bit of both. Yeah. And so what is your business model, Joshua? Y'all basically sell your curricula to a school system or an organization or a nonprofit, like you mentioned? Is that it? Yeah. So we'd partner with different organizations, and they would pay us for software and support. Okay. That's correct. And so that's, that's what the plan is? Uh, yeah. A bit of the plan and a bit of what we've done. So yeah. far? Yes, that's correct. And then Marina, as a law clinic, how does it work? Do you all sell your services or you provide them for free basically for a client and then the students at the law center work on the projects basically to get experience? Yeah, so interesting thing is lawyers are also entrepreneurs. So when you think about it, if you open your own law firm, uh, you have to have that entrepreneurial mindset where you need to employ some of the business practices into your law practice and make sure that you provide a uh, uh, a customer service, make sure that some of your business, uh, your accounting is in the right place. But we have certain limitations as, as a legal service provider, meaning that we cannot actually actively solicit clients, go and uh, uh, let's say I see you have a problem, let me offer you my services. So I cannot actually um, aggressively approach people and tell them they need a trademark. Uh, so I will wait for them to actually reach out uh, and uh, and then I will, I'll be able to provide that type of feedback. So we are not selling our services in any shape or form. Our services are completely free. We are wow. part of the uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office Clinic Certification Program. So our services uh, are free and will always be free. Now, with this comes another problem. We are, our capacity is quite limited. So instead of looking for clients, we actually have extensive waiting lists. So yeah, the, the problem is really other way around. And so we've been, uh, we've been looking into different ways we can still help uh, uh, I guess a larger number of entrepreneurs and businesses and uh, and help them in a slightly different way. Uh, so uh, I would encourage everyone to stay tuned for some of the upcoming programs that we have. They will have a, um, uh, a larger impact. Uh, so that's something that is common, but uh, yeah, traditionally mm-hmm. we just, uh, we're, our capacity is, uh, is completely full. So it, I guess it's a good problem to have. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so, so that's, uh, yeah, that's how I the clinic has been I'm growing. not surprised. So how many people work with the clinic? You're the director. Do you have other 
professors from the law center that uh, help or have, volunteer attorneys or yeah, is it all students? We have staff attorneys. Uh, I am one of the attorneys. We also have staff attorneys uh, who work with our students. Our students get a temporary license to practice before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Nice. So that's uh, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic experience for them as well because if you intern uh, with a corporation or a business, you rarely get that type of full experience of uh, interviewing the client and helping the client, client's business, etc. So our students get a fantastic experience doing this type of work. Uh, and so it's an all around great project where you help the students develop into great transactional uh, attorneys and you also have entrepreneurs uh, get access to affordable legal help. And, and Joshua, how are you getting the word out about what Accelerant Education does? Are y'all marketing or are you relying on the Good question. A lot of it right now is personal outreach and sales. Eventually, I'd imagine we're going to launch some sort of marketing campaign and get more active on the socials. Uh, but for now, it's mainly personal outreach. Okay. Because yeah. you're trying to manage the growth and you don't yep. want to take on... Uh, a bit of just making sure that we're in a tight feedback loop with our customers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if anyone's interested, they are welcome to reach out <laughs> and I love to talk. <laughs> right. And you mentioned access to capital is one of the challenges. Have y'all had problems? I, I mean, no, when I say problems, I don't, has it been difficult? No, that's a fine question. Uh, we're definitely going to run into that. So we're going to be hitting the fundraising trail before long. Uh, and yeah, as, as she said, that is definitely a, mm -hmm. a challenge for any startup. And, and what do you all advise startups, Marina? with respect to finding capital? Capital, I always advise, uh, I, I, I don't have one formula that would work with every business because some businesses are more susceptible to uh, outside investment uh, opportunities. Sure. And some businesses are not necessarily good fit. So I have clients who probably will not even take advantage over large investment, but they're, they're uh, uh, they're running into potential uh, issues with ownership and what's not. So maybe in a large investment opportunity is not necessarily what your business needs as of right now. But in the future, we can, exp uh, we can uh, of course, explore. Uh, and there are some businesses that are more actually, that are structured to get into that uh, uh, active investment uh, stage at some point. So our advice would be completely different for those businesses where we would immediately look for uh, for corporate formation, because if you if you want to get any type of uh, investment, more often than not, your investors would um, require you to have a corporation. Where if you're not necessarily looking for those, we'll go with something uh, much more simple like an LLC or yeah. what's not. So yeah, our advice will uh, vastly differ uh, dependent on the type of business and the type of opportunities you're looking uh, you're looking to solicit. So yeah, that's uh, it's a big factor. Well, so glad. To to know that you are here as a resource, Marina Biragova and Joshua Anderson. You both are such an inspiration, identifying need in the educational space and helping to prepare our young people and aspiring entrepreneurs to positions where they can serve others in the community. So thank you all for your hard work and for sharing your great ideas and stories thank with you. me today on Out to Lunch. Yeah, thank you for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Joshua Anderson of Accelerant Education and Marina Biragova of the Southern University Law Center's Technology and Entrepreneurship Clinic. 
We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about Accelerant Education and the Technology and Entrepreneurship Clinic by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane. Three Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.